This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, the place where good ideas go to die. Florida may be known as the gunshine state, but that hasn't stopped lawmakers from filing a battery of bills on gun safety. A South Florida lawmaker has just filed two new ones to close loopholes that allow Floridians to buy guns without undergoing a criminal background check. Florida teachers bring their big red bus to the courtyard of the state capitol, and they're making plans for a massive rally in tally the day before the legislature convenes for the 2020 session. A political strategist from Orlando who played a big part in the Obama campaigns of 2008 and 2012 has signed on as Joe Biden's top hire in the Sunshine State. A former member of the Capitol Press Corps who went over to the enemy during the Jeb Bush years has just set up her own PR shop in Tallahassee. We'll also have your daily political calendar and the show wraps with two fresh Florida Man stories, and they're both from Volusia County. Why am I not surprised? And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, October 29th. Got guns? A South Florida lawmaker has filed two more bills dealing with firearm safety for the upcoming legislative session. Miami Senator Jose Javier Rodriguez has filed two gun safety reform proposals ahead of the 2020 session. SB 548 would close the online and private sales loopholes by requiring gun purchases to go through licensed dealers who conduct a background check. Then there's Senate Bill 586 that calls for buyers and sellers of firearms to pass a background check by limiting those transactions to concealed carry permit holders. Rodriguez says the goal is to mandate universal background checks on the sale of firearms. The two bills that I filed get at the solution in different ways. Uh, Many of my colleagues have filed bills that are either variations of these or get get at the problem in still further ways. the, The two bills, one, require sales and transfers to be between people who have concealed carry permits Uh, Those are very easy to get here in Florida, but they do come along with background checks. And the other thing is to require sales and transfers to be between individuals to where where the individuals uh, don't. uh, Excuse me. So the the second one is where the neither party to the transaction is a licensed dealer, then uh, they have to. Uh, transact the transfer or the sale uh, through a licensed dealer. And so this is not every example, but one example you could sort of wrap your mind around is if two individuals are trying to do an online sale or a completely private sale and neither of them are a licensed dealer, then they would go through, say, a local gun shop uh, and the background check would be done. Uh, I would expect that the gun shop might have a, a charge for that. They're providing a service, and you know, thereby you uh, effectively, if not get real close to closing the uh, loopholes that exist uh, for private sales and online sales. So the intent here seems to be just universal background checks. Is that a good way of summarizing it? Absolutely. Universal background checks, there's a couple ways of doing it, and I think the more ideas we put on the table, the more we increase the chance that we can get it done this year. So you've also signed on as a co-sponsor of another half dozen gun bills. What are the odds that any of these gun bills will actually get uh, passed this this uh, upcoming session? Listen, the, the odds are high that the Senate has a, you know, has a has an appetite, let's say, for gun safety reform. We've demonstrated it in the past. The real challenge is to make sure that that gun reform is as strong and as comprehensive as the public is demanding. The leadership in the 
Florida Senate has sent signals, very clear signals, that they are interested in dealing with the background check loopholes. Uh, we want a universal background check system. Anything short of that just won't do. And to the extent that we can put forward different, shall I say, menu options on how to do that, that's the intent of the legislation I've filed. Uh, you know, what, what I'm afraid of is, is there may be half measures, shall we say, uh, like background checks on uh, purchasers of assault weapons only or things like that, that just really are not what the public is asking for. We really need a universal background check system. Uh, my the, the legislation I'm putting forward is not kind of carving out pieces of it. It's just a different way to accomplish it. Um, and, uh, you know, really that's what we need. If we need to get creative and put some of these proposals together to accomplish universal background check, that's fine, whatever we need to do, but it just needs to be universal. Otherwise, you know, the legislature is just playing around with the public. Along with the universal background checks, Senator Rodriguez is also co-sponsoring bills to ban the manufacture, sale, or possession of 3D-printed firearms and to prohibit firearms at theaters and performing arts centers. Former Vice President Joe Biden has selected Jackie Lee of Orlando as his top advisor in Florida for the 2020 presidential campaign. Lee is the founder of J. Lee Strategies, and she served on the Florida leadership team of Barack Obama's winning campaigns in 2008 and 2012. She also worked on campaigns for two successful ballot initiatives in Florida. There was the Fair Districts Amendment in 2010 that makes it harder for politicians to gerrymander their districts during reapportionment. She was also working on Amendment 4 last year, the one that restored voting rights to former felons. Lee got her start in Florida politics back in 2006 when she worked on former Senator Bill Nelson's first re-election campaign. There's a new PR company in Tallahassee, and the owner is a 30-year veteran of the Capitol scene. Alia Faraz Johnson is a former TV reporter and news manager who crossed over to what we reporters refer to as the dark side to become press secretary and communications director for Jeb Bush back when he was governor. Since then, she's worked for Ron Sachs Media and Hill and & Knowlton Strategies, but now she has started her own company. It's called the Alia Strategic Group. Well, what else? Every now and then, she'll remind me of the old days when she was a TV reporter, and I made fun of one of her very first questions as part of the band of reporters known as the Capitol Press Corps. Well, no one makes fun of Alia anymore. She'll be our studio guest later this week on Sunrise. After spending the last 20 years being clobbered in the state legislature, the union that represents Florida's public school teachers says enough is enough. Florida Education Association President Frederick Ingram says public schools are in crisis. We know that we're in a crisis because for the last three years in the state of Florida, we have started the school year with 3,000 classrooms statewide that did not have a certified teacher. That is a crisis. We also know we're in a crisis because our schools of education have fewer and fewer high school students that are going into the educational field. That is a crisis. We know that we have a crisis because what's happening in our classroom is something that we call the silent strike. That means teachers are giving up the keys to their classroom every single day. They're giving up the keys to their classroom because they simply can't take it, because they can't take the unfunded mandates. They don't have what they need. They don't have the support, and they cannot make a living on a teacher's salary. Governor Ron DeSantis has already announced he wants to raise the starting salary of Florida teachers. The union says that is a good start. But Ingram says that will not help the veteran teachers or the school staffers in non-teaching jobs. We are asking for $2.4 billion into our public schools. That $2.4 billion is not only for teacher pay, it is to have more counselors. It is the infusion of dollars that, is that are going to support arts and music 
and dance and drama and those advanced placement classes and give us lab materials that we need. It is also going to fund our teachers that are grossly underpaid, that are 46 in the nation in teacher pay. It is an embarrassment for the state of Florida how we treat our educators. Our bus drivers, our secretaries, our security monitors do not make a livable wage. And so, yes, we are calling to have a full 10% increase for every single public school employee this year. We need that in order to do the jobs that we know are necessary for our children. The teachers are trying to rally public support by conducting a bus tour throughout the state. They spent the first week in the panhandle, and FEA Vice President Andrew Sparr says a lot of good things are happening. There's also a lot of bad as well. Last week, for example, we saw in Okaloosa County where they actually are using school buses from 1997. School buses from 1997 that have almost 400,000 miles on it. Uh, they're going to be getting an upgrade of those buses. They're actually going to be getting buses next door from Escambia County, and those buses are from 2004. They are struggling with the lack of dollars for their facilities. Um, they showed us several schools that have leaks in their schools uh, so that when it's raining, they have to actually put buckets in the classrooms. We have students learning under those conditions. The union's Fund Our Future bus made a stop at the state capitol for this press conference, but it's already moved on. They're visiting 50 different cities in every corner of the state. The bus will be back, though. FEA President Ingram says it will return to the capitol in January for what they are calling the Take on Tallahassee Rally. On January 13th, there is an expectation that we have thousands of people here in order to push the agenda that we need more funding for our classrooms, we need more hope for our communities, we need more support for our teachers, we need to care for the bus drivers and secretaries and security monitors and paraprofessionals who care for kids every day. And so we're asking each and every individual who lives here in Florida to meet us right here at the state capitol because the line is in the sand. The teachers' rebellion that we see all across this country is real. It's real because teachers have had enough of being underfunded, grossly underpaid, not treated with the respect that they deserve, and not having the things that they need for their children. The teachers' union is expecting thousands of people to converge on the Capitol on January 13th, the day before lawmakers gather for the start of the 2020 legislative session. On your political calendar today, the Florida Chamber Foundation continues its two-day Future of Florida Forum. Speakers include Senator Jeff Brandis, Representative Paul Renner, Enterprise Florida CEO Jamal Sewell, Florida Department of Economic Opportunity Executive Director Ken Lawson, Visit Florida President Dana Young, and former State House Speakers Dean Cannon, Steve Crisofuli, and Will Weatherford. It starts at 7.30 in Orlando at the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress. The Associated Press is hosting an annual pre-legislative session event for reporters and editors from across the state today. Speakers include Governor Ron DeSantis, Senate President Bill Galvano, Senate Minority Leader Audrey Gibson, Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronas, Attorney General Ashley Moody, and Secretary of State Laurel Lee. It starts at 9 a.m. in Room 401 of the SOB, the Senate Office Building. The State University System Board of Trustees will hold a summit for university trustees today. It starts at 9 a.m. at the Student Union at the University of Florida in Gainesville. Governor DeSantis is scheduled to address the trustees at about 5 p.m. The Florida Education Association will continue its bus tour focusing on the call for increased education spending. They'll be visiting Swanee Primary School and Swanee High School in Live Oak, followed by stops at Lively Technical College and Florida State University in Tallahassee. 
The Broward County Legislative Delegation will meet as it prepares for the 2020 session. That meeting starts at 4.30 p.m. at Miramar High School. The Florida DOT is holding a public hearing on a tentative five-year work program for the District 2, that's in northeast Florida. It starts at 4.30 at the DOT office in Jacksonville. The Florida Department of Economic Opportunity will hold the first of three workshops to receive public input about the use of federal disaster mitigation money in areas affected by Hurricanes Hermine, Matthew, or Irma. That starts at 5 p.m. at the University of North Florida in Jacksonville. And a fundraising event is scheduled for former State Representative Jim Boyd, a Bradenton Republican who's running next year in Senate District 21. That starts at 5.30 in the Grove Restaurant Ballroom in Lakewood Ranch. And time once again for the never-ending adventure in stupidity that is Florida Man, the hero we don't need but definitely deserve. A Florida man is bitten by a shark, but don't blame the critter. Turns out it was self-defense. The shark was standing his ground, so to speak. A spokesperson for the Volusia County Beach Safety Ocean Rescue says a 27-year-old surfer was off the coast of New Smyrna Beach when he came off his board and actually landed on the back of the shark, which responded, as any shark would, by chomping down. The surfer suffered minor cuts and was treated at the scene before driving home to Orlando. That's the 11th report of a shark bite off the coast of Volusia County this year. And deputies in Volusia County say they've arrested a 16-year-old girl from Deltona for stabbing two other teenagers during a fight that was apparently organized on social media. There were about 10 people involved in the skirmish. A 15-year-old suffered a critical injury but is recovering. A 17-year-old ended up with minor injuries. Authorities say the fight was prearranged on social media after a conflict at University High School. The 16-year-old girl was arrested on charges of aggravated battery. And that's it for this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee for Florida Politics.